Let's talk about the skyrocketing rents in Metro Vancouver. Just taking a look at some of the latest numbers out from rentals.ca. They do a very good job there of tracking rental rates across the entire country. The most expensive rents in Canada? Yeah, of course it is Vancouver. Now just check out some of these numbers here. This is kind of shocking. A one-bedroom. Okay, so a one-bedroom apartment in Vancouver, nearly $3,000 a month, the highest in the country. Who can afford the 3000 bucks a month for a one-bedroom? A two-bedroom in Vancouver, nearly 3900 a month rent in Vancouver. Okay, you start looking a little further out, right? It's expensive all across Metro Vancouver. In the city of Burnaby, okay, Vancouver is number one. Burnaby right behind as the, with the most expensive rents in the country. A one-bedroom in Burnaby, nearly $2,600 a month. Two-bedroom, 3300 bucks a month in, in Burnaby. Who can afford this? We've talked to lots of people on the show who are really, really struggling to find a decent, affordable place to rent. And the jam that a lot of people find themselves in is they are renovicted or the home is sold or a family member is going to move in. So the place that they have and that they can afford and that they like is gone. You were evicted. Now you've got to find a new place. And of course, as soon as an old tenant moves out, the landlord can now charge a higher rent. The rent control limits don't apply when you've got a new Tenant. So for people who are moving out and they're looking, it is a desperate search for many people. Have a listen to Melanie McDermott here. She is a single mom. Okay. She has four kids, lost the place where she was living. She is looking for a place for herself and her four kids. Have a listen to her here talking to CTV. It's just going up and up on a monthly basis rather than an annual basis. So I've been searching every day and the odd one will pop up in that radius that I'm trying to stay within. And sometimes there's nothing or sometimes it's just so far out of the budget that I can't even consider it. Okay, this is really, really difficult stuff. We've talked to a lot of people in similar situations, even people who have got a good job. They're making good money. Uh, I spoke to a guy on the show a couple of weeks back who's making 75K a year. He's got a good job with TELUS. Again, single dad. He's got a, a 18 year old son at home. He says he can't, he can't find any place in Metro that he can afford. And he's making $75,000 a year. What is the answer here? Let's discuss now with my guest, Adil Danani from the Danani group of real estate advisors. And I'm very pleased to welcome him to the show. Adil, thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. And Adil, you've got your finger on the pulse here of this market. And we all know that the price to buy a place is very, very high in Metro Vancouver. But these rents, like these surging rents that are going on, I know this is all connected, right? Where do you, how do you explain this? I mean, is this just inflation, interest rates, just basic supply and demand? Why is this happening? It's a great question. I am, yeah, we are definitely on the front line here. Um, you know, I've been a practitioner in the business for, you know, on the front line for about 18 years now, and I have never seen a rents escalate at the level they have 
in the last 24 months, you know, over a two, you know, it's the fastest escalation period that I've seen in the last two decades. And I think it's attributed to like a whole host of things. Um, you know, you touched on it, you know, um, prices for ownership have gotten so high that, um, that a lot of those would-be buyers are now shifting to the rental market. And what yeah. that does, it, it, it creates more competition. Also, um, um, when you have rates um, where they are, it's becoming increasingly challenges, e- even for landlords, to service their mortgages because we've had 10 um, you know, Bank of Canada increases in the last 18 months, including two in the last 60 days, which is further putting pressure on folks that own these properties in terms of their carrying costs and overall ability to sustain their rentals. Yeah, for sure. There's like a domino effect that happens here and it affects the uh, the whole market. What about supply, basically supply and demand? Like we hear a lot about this, that we've got a growing population. We've got very lofty immigration targets in our country. So there's going to be lots more people moving to Metro Vancouver. You've got more people competing to, to find a decent, affordable place to rent. But we're also falling behind on new housing starts. I mean, the math here just doesn't compute for, for me. What do you think? I am on the same page with you. I'm going to make a bold prediction and state that the federal government is going to revisit their immigration um, targets. Um, yeah. If you look at um, the month of June, it was the first time in the history of Canada we hit 40 million um, you know, folks in the country. And the Canadian Immigration Department has these really ambitious targets of, of bringing in about half a million immigrants into the country every year up until 2025. This is going to further amplify what we're already experiencing. I think the federal government's going to see some pressure um, from uh, provincial governments to revisit those numbers. And look, immigration is great. And Canada has yeah. been known to have a culture, you know, of excel- a culture of inclusivity and, um, um, and, and, and a strong, strong position on multiculturalism. But the reality is bringing in more people into the country is going to put upward pressure on both rents and real estate prices. And I think if you look at 10-year average, Mike, we're actually um, doubling um, our 10-year targets. Typically, we're seeing about a quarter million immigrants come into Canada every year, and now we're hitting these half a million, um, you know, 500,000 numbers. It's going to certainly put um, more pressure and amplify the already existing housing crisis we're in. Yeah. Speaking to Adil Danani, Danani Group of Real Estate Advisors. So, you know, I've, I've heard this a lot that the the immigration numbers are, are, are really not sustainable. But, you know, we need skilled workers. That's why the government is trying to bring in more skilled immigrants to the country. Uh, we need more people working and paying taxes to sustain our social safety net, especially for people who are retired and they're collecting Canada pension and old age security and Medicare. We need more. We need more people. Like I think everybody kind of understands that. But where are they going to live? And when you take a look at the housing starts in Canada right now, are very sluggish and slowing down. It's going in the wrong direction. And let me play a clip here for you, Adil. This is. Vancouver City Councilor Peter Meisner saying, like, okay, they've heard this. They, we, he says, look, we need to build more housing. We get that. Have a listen to what he has to say here. We understand that the permitting process right now is holding up the delivery of housing. So we're streamlining that. We're allowing digital applications. And there's more work to do in terms of getting to rezonings faster. Adele, do you hear that a lot from developers, that they have trouble getting, you know, getting through the red tape to get stuff built? Yeah, there's streams of bureaucracy and red tape at every municipal 
um, at, you know, at, at any municipal, um, you know, council meeting, I found because we we work with developers all throughout the um, all throughout the greater Vancouver region, and you know, Vancouver's putting forward this new multiplex um, policy, which is actually going to vote today, I believe, at council. Um, and if that gets passed, we're going to see a lot more infill residents. Um, and at the provincial level, um, uh, Premier Eby has actually put forward uh, an affordable housing policy, which also would look at you know, homes or, um, you know, certain certain lots that meet certain requirements to also allow more infill. So I think we're moving in the right direction. The reality is, Mike, you know, the supply issues, it's not a light switch, right? You can't just turn on more supply. It takes, unfortunately, months um, and, and, in fact, years on the bigger projects to get approved. And I think the best way to meet current and future demand of both rental housing and ownership of housing um, and as well as provide stability uh, and hopefully affordability, you know, we talk about that a lot, um, is to find a way to increase the supply. And, and I think that now that we're having these conversations and they're top of mind and you go to any, you know, um, city council meeting um, throughout Greater Vancouver and this is a hot topic. So I think we're moving in the right direction and I'm hopeful and optimistic that in the coming years we are going to see, you know, a meaningful level of supply hit the market. Okay, when you talk about that infill housing and increased density, we've talked a lot about that on the show. The EB government here has talked about, okay, we'll let you build up to, what, four four homes on a, on a single-family lot. We need more housing, so let's densify. Do you think, I mean, you deal with people all the time who are dreaming of buying their own home. What about sure. the, the NIMBY effect? Like, if you buy you buy a home in a nice neighborhood and then, the guy next door is saying, well, you know, I'm tearing down this house. We're putting up a, a, a fourplex here. What do you think the neighborhood reaction is going to be to that type of densification? And will local politicians just cave to the nimbyism? Yeah. I mean, you look at the city of Vancouver, 70% of the housing stock is RS1 zoned. And this uh, multiplex policy is pretty much a blanket policy across all RS1 zoning. So you're going to see a big change in streetscape for sure. Yeah. Certain neighborhoods, I could certainly see pushback, but I mean, at the end of the day, if it's mandated on a provincial level, it has to be adopted by, I'm assuming it has to be adopted um, on a municipal level. Um, I think that the reality is if we want to address the, the you know, the, the, the larger issue of, of supply, the larger issue of affordability, we are going to need to see more, um, um, more product come to market. And I think the, um, the city is also, stating that now they're also, they're actually provisioning to reduce the like if you had a lot um, they're actually going to bonus you if you're going to build a multiplex which is four to six units but they're going to penalize you if you're going to build a single family home and they're going to reduce the density uh, so they don't want to see like i think this is almost like if i were to put it boldly if these policies get adopted this is going to be the death of the single family home in the city of vancouver Adele, thank you for coming on with your thoughts and analysis today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Adil Danani there, Danani Group of Real Estate Advisors. Here's what I want to do right now. I'll take a break, come back, take your calls on the other side. Now, getting back to the skyrocketing rents in Metro Vancouver, the highest in the country, 3000 bucks a month for a one-bedroom in Vancouver. What is the answer to that? Don't we have rent control in British Columbia, why are these rents going up so high? Like right now, under rent control in BC, the maximum allowable rent increase this year is 2%. That is set by the provincial government. So why are rents going up so dramatically? Well, of course, it's because if a tenant moves out 
and a new tenant moves in, then the cap does not apply. And you hear lots of complaints from people who say they're being unfairly evicted because the landlord knows if they can get a new tenant in there, they can dramatically ramp up the rent. So that gets to the argument for vacancy control, not rent control, vacancy control as it's known. Now, the way that would work is even if you get a new tenant, you can't jack up the rent above that 2% maximum. I've listened to Doug King here, Together Against Poverty, making the case for that. 